Welcome back, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sunday Wire. I'm your host, Patrick Henningson. We're streaming out live on the Alternate Current Radio Network and also at 21stCenturyWire.com. And the podcast will be available on iTunes uh, later uh, this evening uh, if you're downloading the show. Thank you for joining us. We're here live at the AV7, the Alternative View event. This is hosted by and organized by Ian R. Crane. Uh, wonderful job. Amazing people that we've met here. I've had, I've had some great uh, connections I've made with a lot of people who I haven't met before, some who I have, and some who I've gotten to know a little bit better uh, after spending time with them here. It's been phenomenal in that respect, and uh, this is why I come to these events, is to, reconnect, is to connect with the community, to connect with people, and also to learn. And we've done, you know, you can't not learn at an event like this uh, with this uh, fantastic group of people and uh, the speakers that Ian puts together. Uh, they're always interesting and diverse. Uh, so from that point of view, I can't say I've never, don't, don't know of any event as good as this. Uh, and, and also it's very intimate as well uh, with the, the setup that he does with the round tables rather than just theater seating. Uh, it's very interactive, very social, uh, really good vibe, uh, fantastic vibe. You know, all adults in the room, you know, there's no uh, fights breaking out, touch wood, over and debating over, you know, <laughs> various uh, nuances of conspiracy theories and so forth. People are just there. They're receptive. Uh, they respect each other's opinions. And I, I see the audience, and I'm here with my next guest who I'm going to introduce and maybe comment on what I'm about to say. I'm seeing the, I'm seeing the audience mature uh, in this community uh, over the years. And, and I know that things have been through a rough patch. I think we've, we're adapting and overcoming a lot of things as a, as a human race. So I'm here with my guest, Max Egan, uh, who hails uh, from Australia and gave a, a very gripping presentation last night in front of a full house and uh and yeah it's uh we i think we're in flux in this epoch max because uh a lot has been dropped and we've had to process a lot and the, the advance of technology is at a breakneck speed and uh and it's really been that way for the last 100 years 120 years uh as we've gone into the electric age and now into the micro uh, silicon age and uh the ai age which is coming and uh, it's a lot. It's a lot to uh, for human beings to who are, who are already trying to evolve and learn. And now there's a there's a kind of a digital fifth column in the mix, which seems to have a mind of its own. Really. Well, there is that. That's the problem, you know. And, and everything's becoming apparent now to people. Everything's becoming apparent to everybody. Like people are seeing the system right in their face now, and they're seeing where the technology is going. And, and there's nothing wrong with technology. The only thing that could ever be wrong with technology is the hand who wields the technology, and people are realizing that the technology is being wielded by a pretty nefarious hand. And, you know, and our governments are becoming very, you know, like the the deep state that's always been there behind the state, you know, the, the kind of shadow system that really runs things has is, is, is always been a sort of hidden in the shadows. Now it's becoming overt. It's becoming in everybody's faces. Everybody's seeing it. The legislation that's coming in in all of our countries. When you couple this with this legislation, uh, the, the technology, people can see where we're going. And people are now starting to look for answers and starting to think that uh, something's seriously wrong. 
and we have to start finding a way out of this. They're realising, you know, like I've been saying for years, the world's run by criminals and that there's no um, real remedy to be found within this political system, within voting people in or voting people out, or even within their legal system because their legal system can only work if it applies to everybody and it certainly doesn't seem to apply to them and people are seeing it. So that's why we're seeing uh, such a receptive audience at, at groups like this because people are seeing all these different conspiracy theories as they've been presented for so many years and they're realising that it's all tied together anyway. We're all fighting the same battle and that really what we've got to be looking at is solutions instead of going down all these rabbit holes and, and being misdirected from what's actually happening around us. So people are coming to these uh, these groups now really looking for answers and something that they can take home to their community and become active from these groups. And that's something that I really stressed in my talk last night is to don't think you've made a difference by coming here. And if you don't take the information you've learnt here this weekend home with you and put it into action on the ground where you live, then it, it all counts for nothing. You know, people have to get involved. And I think they're seeing that, and that's why they're, they're so open to each other and open to different perspectives and, and really saying that you know, we've, we've got to work together to find a way out of this. So aside from your, uh, you know, I use the word activism loosely, maybe for lack of a better term, activism, but uh, in your writing and your work, uh, your films, so aside from this, you're also busy uh, trying to help uh, energize uh, people in local communities. Uh, and maybe look at a different way of people uh, organizing together to get things done yeah. in local communities. Is this, is this essentially what your mission is? Well, it's one of the missions. I mean, I think what we need is a full-spectrum response. You know, we're under a full-spectrum attack, and we need a full-spectrum response. What, one of the missions that I'm doing with Full Circle Project, for example, is attempting to uh, provide a mechanism whereby people in local communities can find like-minded people in the area and link up and form action groups and address an issue in their local community and start sort of pushing the envelope with the local council and do it in such a way that they can kind of wake the community up along the way. There's a, a wonderful initiative a guy is um, <clears throat> doing in a small town in the United States they want to address a bunch of things in the town. They want to look at the education system. They want to motivate the people and, and all sorts of stuff. So they're doing it using the mechanism of a community garden. You can try to sort of get this happening, get the church involved, get the local community involved, get everybody wanting this and seeing the benefits of it, then put it to the council and then get the council to see if they can put it to the education system and get the school involved because this will alert the council. Because you, you, when they do that, you're going to find the school won't do it because of common purpose and the way our education systems are controlled. But you can't go and tell this to the council. But if you can provide something in the community the community wants and the council wants that involves the education system, then they come up at loggerheads against it. Then they're going to learn that, well, hang on, this isn't all acting in the benefits of the people. We're not all working together here in our community. There are certain things that are guiding us in the wrong direction. So you can wake people up in a way that suits them without being conspiratorial about it. And this is what I'm trying to do with Full Circle. Just get people to identify an issue in their local community, find like-minded people, and find a way to push the envelope. And, and just push and stop this system. You know, like put little spokes in the wheels everywhere we can, everything we can think of to slow this system down and to alert these politicians to the fact that we're not going to take it anymore. We've realised that you know they, they haven't had our best interests at heart. They're doing the wrong thing, and we're simply not going to let them destroy the world. You know? So a good, a good metaphor in Zen terms is to grab one to, to to shake the tree, not not at the trunk, but grab one of the branches and shake shake the branch, and then by shaking the branch, 
you shake the tree. You shake the tree. And we, if, an, yeah. if enough people are shaking the branches, we'll loosen the root. But we go, again, in doing this, you've got to strike at the root as well because in, in all of these problems, I mean, even if you're dealing with um, an education system in your area or, or a problem with a mine or something, we go and try to protest the education or petition the education system will stop the mine or protest the, the, the gas company, when really we should be addressing the legislation that created the problem to begin with, mm-hmm. which is an abuse of office by a politician. So we need to be looking at tracing this back down the line, finding where these problems and blockages are, and then identifying the root cause of the problem right back to the root, which is the, the legislation that created the problem to begin with. Because really, if you look at all the problems we've got on this planet, they're a result of legislation that are put in place by politicians which allow all of these things to manifest. Which, we, which, who, get their, who get their policies that inform the legislation from think tanks, foundations, and even academic institutions in exactly, some cases. Yeah. which are all usually funded by these same political circles. So it's all this big loop. Which, which yeah, And we, we go down the pathways they provide for us to try to put Band-Aids on these symptoms, but really we're not looking at the root cause of the problem, which is the corruption inherent in the system, and we have to call it out for what it is and stop being politically correct about it. You know, it's, it's all messed up, and people can see it now. You know, these politicians are giving themselves rights that they have no right to, and that's an abuse of office. All of it is an abuse of office. And, you know, if we don't call it, then we're not going to get anywhere. So. And I, I do a lot of – I've, I've written for a magazine from your country called New Dawn uh, Magazine, and uh, the, I'm always talking with the editors, and they're always asking me, can you insert some uh, Australian issues into the themes that you write about? And they always provide me with stories, whether it's on, uh, you know, just basic police state advances in Australia. And what I've found is Australia seems to be like a, almost like a test, a test bed for the globalized system uh, and the hyper-police state. And they're doing things in Australia that has not been implemented yet or are not legal yet in North America. Why is this? Is this happening and why? Well, it is happening. Absolutely, it's happening. It's happening because we've got such a low population they can get away with it. The population's really spread out. I mean, I used to think it would be easy to wake this country up because it's such a low population. But then it's a landmass that's twice the size of Europe and everybody's really spread out and everybody feels kind of comfortable because they've got so much space. Also, the country has been totally sold off to mining companies, so they're going to start incredibly advanced mining operations this soon, so they brought in all these new laws to prevent that. And some of the laws they brought in are absolutely outrageous. Like in, uh, and, and they're, of course, attacking the alternate areas of the country first. The most alternate area in Australia is New South Wales, especially the north coast, Byron Bay area, Gold Coast, this whole hinterland country region, Mullumbimby, this is where all the hippies and the awake people are. So they've really, really attacked this state. They've brought in legislation whereby if you protest a gas well or a mining operation, if you trespass on their land or lock onto one of their vehicles, trespass in any way, seven years in jail. That's what you get. Now, bear in mind that uh, firearms are banned in Australia, unlicensed firearms. You can get a mandatory jail term of five years for an unlicensed firearm. You can get a mandatory jail term of five years, two to five years for raping a woman. You could serve these concurrently and get five years for raping a woman with an unlicensed firearm and get seven years if you protest a mine. Now, think about that. That's interesting, yeah. That's an interesting trade-off in values, I think, that you get more 
more jail time for protesting a corporate rape of our country than you do for raping an actual person. Well, it shows the priorities of the state. It shows the priorities. And when you look at the TPP, how that all works, how how this has been signed and this is all coming to agreement, this gives corporations the right to come in and completely destroy your country. And if we protest the mines and we stop the corporate profit of that company, the government under the contract will raise the taxes of the people to cover that corporate loss. So they don't want to do that. So they're making it absolutely impossible for you to protest uh, a mine. They've also brought in legislation in New South Wales where they're talking about bringing it in. I think it might have even come in a couple of days ago where they're talking that the police can basically put someone in jail on hearsay. Just say, look, I think you're a criminal and they can arrest you on spec and just lock you up. And they can hold you with the new laws. They can hold you up to five years and then uh, severely restrict your your movements, no passport, not allowed to travel, all of this sort of stuff. Just on hearsay, no charge, no trial. And, you know, and when you get to the point, you, know, you, you go through the legal system, you learn all these remedies and the ways through, like your previous guest, the way he did this, it's getting to the state in Australia where if you even suggest this sort of stuff to a police officer, they'll just throw you in a hole. They don't have to charge you with anything. You know, and, and so this circumvents the legal system. So this brings the deep state into the overt state. Mm-hmm. So that now you have no legal recourse. I mean, I, I firmly believe with what I know and what I do, I could, I could stand my ground in any court and I could defend my case as just and defend the things I do as just. But if I don't get an opportunity to go to court and defend myself, then how, how can you do anything? What do you do against that? And if you've got no weapons, Australia's been disarmed. If you simply have the police come in the night, take you away, say, I think you're a suspect, and throw you in a hole and you have no recourse, where do you go from there? What is this? This is no longer anything, even in semblance of democracy. And this is the way Australia's gone. And it is very much a test case. And if they get away with it there, then guess what? It's coming here. It'll come everywhere. That's just the way they do it. And and why, um, why, why Australia? Uh, how... Is I know you talked about the size of the country and that people are able to kind of be safe in their own spaces because you have so much space and a low population. But is there uh, – I know Australia is, is modeled after the British legal system, government system, and a lot of similarities um, with most things in Britain in terms of structure. Um, but uh, in terms of liberty, in terms of rights, where does the average Australian stand uh, in terms of that? Is the in the rights are being eroded away in Europe in a lot of countries by the new state. Well, is this the case in Australia? Absolutely. Like since nine eleven, there's been I think seventy pieces of legislation that have brought in, which have effectively removed you of every single right. Habeas the pretext of terrorism. With the pretext of protecting you from terrorism, of course, and keeping you safe, giving the police ability to go and take out these terrorists at any possible opportunity. But of course, the legislation is so broad that it could apply to a chess club or a local knitting group or two or three people who are talking together. It could apply to anybody for any reason at all. And now with the new legislation, the police don't even have to prove their case. They can just say that they think you might be up to something. And it's applying to all sorts of things, like tax evasion is starting to fall under this. So if they think you haven't been paying taxes, they can just say, oh, we, we can't find a tax file number on you. We think you're suspect. We'll just throw you in a hole until we've figured out who you are and what you're doing. You know, and you've got no defense against any of it. They could just find you guilty in a court and not even tell you about it and just hold you there. They don't have to tell you anymore. So it's become very, very overt. And it's, it's effectively in place now. I mean, they, they still give people rights and trials and do things, but if they want to use it, it's there. It's all in place right now. The police state isn't coming. It's already here. They just have to see how far they can push the people 
as to how much they can make it more and more overt. You know, because the more they, they take the rights away and just push the people a little bit, the people will fight back, they'll start to fight back, and then they'll have to ramp up the police state to deal with this terrible civil unrest and all this. Yeah, the way they, they run it, you know. Because so. the, the normal narrative that people have is, oh, it's got to get a little bit worse before it gets better. But that's only the sort of ground level. The bird's eye view is that's only one one battle mm. in a much bigger war. Oh, yeah. And so, yes, it can get worse, but then there'll be a backlash by the public. Uh, and then, But there's another layer after that which you just mentioned which is that they'll based on the backlash from the public they'll be able to ramp up the police state more and just up the ante up the ante exactly where does it end well that's why they keep pushing and pushing and pushing so what i suggest people do now is simply stop complying disconnect now and just boycott everything that's what i'm saying just boycott everything boycott the entire system pull all your money out of the banks boycott the banks boycott the politicians don't vote just boycott the whole thing throw your tvs out the window get just stop it folks Stop participating in this system because you're participating in your own slavery. And it's going to be hard for people to do, to make this choice. But, hey, I don't own a mobile phone. Throw them away. Throw all this stuff away. If you've got a smart grid, smash it off the wall. If you've got a smart meter on your house, tell them to remove it or you're going to smash it off the wall. Take a stand, people. Make a stand and boycott this system. If you peacefully boycott and refuse to comply and refuse to buy their products, refuse to buy their GM food, refuse to watch their television, refuse to use their smart system, they can do nothing about it. This isn't a violent revolution. This is simply refusing to do it. They can't tell you not to grow a garden. Just grow one. They can't tell you what to grow in your front yard. doesn't matter what the council regulations are. If the council or your employees are telling you you can't grow food, who are these people to tell you that? And who are these people anyway? These people probably support the state of Israel, which is carrying out war crimes, so they're war criminals anyway. And this is something I've been pointing out to people is the key that Palestine offers people. Because every single politician in the Western world, about 99% of them, all openly support the state of Israel, which is currently in breach of the Geneva Convention, Article 33. It's carrying out war crimes. So what makes any legislation these politicians enact valid? Okay, I'll go by your legislation. If you can tell me this. I mean, we're living in a paper-based reality. You're telling me you've got to write all this legislation down on paper and it becomes reality? Well, this piece of paper, the Fourth Geneva Convention, says you're a war criminal. So we need to fix that up and we need to look at that in order to justify any of your legislation and see if it's valid. Because this says you're a war criminal, which means all your legislation is invalid. And if this paper-based system is real, then it must apply to everybody. And if this doesn't apply to you, then what you write does not apply to me. And that's the stance everybody has to take. Quit messing around. Stop thinking we can vote people in and vote people out or petition these people. They're criminals. They're psychopaths. They're running this world into the ground. They're bombing country after country, enslaving us to a police state, ripping us off economically, squeezing us out of everything we can, and we're being politically correct about it and being all prim and proper about it and thinking we can vote a new face on the coin up there. It's a joke. It's time the human race stood up and called this out for what it is and got rid of this scum that are running this earth. And that's my stance. And an, another aspect of that, what you just said there, is you, you know we mentioned, we talked before about all these measures coming in, police state measures, control measures, all to protect us from the threat of terrorism or a terrorist event. And yet we have, in my government, is providing, it's illegal to provide material support to a terrorist group. They are sending openly weapons Funds are being allocated from the government agencies through normal channels, not even under the table. Some's under the table, but a lot's over the table. And this is talked about openly. Oh, we're arming the rebels in Syria. 
And uh, this is al-Nusra. This is al-Qaeda in Syria. This is a, a known recognized terrorist entity. Exactly. That's, that's bigger than ISIS, by the way, in Syria. Exactly. So is this not a breach of their own law? So where where are we here? Exactly. You know, where it's, are we? It's a joke. It's it's a complete charade. It's theater. You know, and if we don't call it, you know, we, we deserve what we get. You know, it, it's open for everybody to see now how this thing is being run, how this war on terror is being run, and what's being done to our own countries as a response to this so-called threat, which doesn't exist. It really doesn't exist. You look at all of these, al-Nusra, al-Qaeda, all of it, it's all funded by the West. The whole lot, So many weapons and arms have been pumped in there by the West. The whole thing has been destabilized by us. All of these groups have been created by us. Go right back to the, the war between Russia and Afghanistan with Brzezinski and all of that that happened. I mean, we know where all this came from. It's all documented. We, we can tell. And, you know, we've got to stop being being so coy about it and so fluffy in our response to it. You know, all of these people are criminals, provable under their own law. So how do we have to do anything that they say? So what I'm suggesting is that you use things like the Full Circle Project, find awake people in your area and form these action groups and wake more people up and make a stand against this system. Start grass fires all around the planet and don't put Band-Aids on symptoms. Go for the throat. Call abusive office, call breach of trust, ask these people to show cause why they shouldn't be held accountable for war crimes due to their support for this state and due to the crimes they're committing against their people. And they're, they're enacting powers that they don't have. You know, these governments claim to get the power that they have from the people. And yet, can I give you the power to hurt somebody? I can't. I can't give you the power to put someone else in a cage. So how does government get that power from me if I don't have that power to give them? You know, this is well a, said, yeah. this is ridiculous. You know, and people out there boycott this system. And if you're with a partner who is involved in gas mining, or is involved in the police force, or is involved in the military, tell them to get a more ethical job or get another partner. Make a stand. Stop supporting order followers. These order followers are half the problem. They really are. Don't follow orders. Live for yourself. Don't go and oppress someone else because some guy in a suit told you to do it. Because you're on the wrong side of history. And if you're living with someone who is an order follower, tell them to get a backbone or get another spouse. Honestly, we've got to make a stand. Wow. I don't know. I can't comment after that. I think you've uh, underlined and put the explanation mark on that one. <laughs> Double underlined it. But, uh, Max, we're gonna, uh, we've are gonna. we got another guest here. But uh, before we bring him in, we know how to get in touch with you, but do our listeners know where to find your work? And uh, look, you'll find you'll find everything about me on thecrowhouse.com. You'll also find a link to Twenty First Century Wire on uh, on the links page. Great nice supporter one. of your work, uh, Patrick. I really love what you do. Thank you. One of the few reliable news sources out there. So I do recommend people check out Patrick's stuff if you're a fan of mine. You're listening to this show because I'm on it. Check out what Patrick does. But you'll find out all about me on thecrowhouse.com. Uh, you'll find links to my YouTube channels and all that stuff. It's all there on the, and the Full Circle link there. The too. Full Circle Project. You'll find a link to that there. The website for that is FullCircleProject.net, where the community connector you can link up. But you'll find it all there on the Crowhouse.com. And if you can support my work, there's a little monthly subscription thing. If you can give me a dollar a month or something, it would really, really help because they've closed down my PayPal's and all. Just everything has been. This happening really, to a lot of people. Oh, it's been so yeah. difficult. So yeah. I got a Patreon subscription thing now. So if people want to maybe Patreon, throw me good a, system. Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully people will throw me a dollar or something. That'd be great. But uh, thank you for having me on, Patrick. My pleasure, Max. And uh, thank you for the uh, gripping presentation last night. But uh, it's, it is interesting. Um, you know, people come up to – I'm sure they've come up to you, to me. You know, I haven't spoken in front of crowds much 
really here and there. And uh, each time I do it, I get a little more uh, succinct and I get a little more confident. And people say, wow, uh, you were really good this year. You've opened up a little bit. It's just a natural uh, progression. When you do it, the more, the more you do of it, the better it gets, isn't yeah. it? So I'm yeah. sure you get, you get that feedback as well. Yeah, yeah. You're get, getting more powerful <laughs> with your presentation. <laughs> I think it's because we're getting tired of giving the talks. We just want something to happen. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So. But uh, and also uh, check out where can we see that that Gaza film last night was was very very good. Um, look, I've got on my is, website. Can you Google that or is that on well, your I've website? Well, I've got the new one that I just did the the instrumental, the one with the the music clip. Uh, is that I've what got, we saw I've, last night? I've got one up there called Save Gaza, Save the World, which is on my website. That's the one I saw last night. And there's yeah. another one I've got uh, which I did with, with a music track by a man called uh, Damien Dempsey, a song called uh, Born Without Hate. Irish guy, and the, the track for that is uh, Nakba, Born Without Hate, which you'll find uh, also on my homepage on thecrowhouse.com. Please share that. It's a very powerful clip. Max Egan, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us, and I will see you probably uh, upstairs in not too long. But okay. uh, thanks again. My pleasure, brother. Thank yes. You. Max Egan, and um, waiting in the wings, uh, no pun intended, uh, another pilot or former pilot. Um, yeah, go ahead and sit down. And so I didn't know he was a pilot before, and I just found out this weekend. I thought you were just a pleasant Dutchman uh, who is, uh, you know, knowledgeable in many different areas. And I learned a lot from your presentation, especially about the Yugoslavian War. Um, you you answered and you closed some gaps that I had in that story. I mean, literally gaps of <laughs> on the timeline, and uh, you put together because I. I that uh, more than any other thing that did affect me that war in in London because I was with uh, many people from Yugoslavia at that time Serbian in fact and being American uh, I wasn't very popular for a few days Um, so a lot of that angst that they had was projected on me um, because of Bill Clinton's uh, glorious uh, democracy bombs he was dropping on Serbia and uh, what you showed us today, well, I'm here with Willem Felderhoff, and the title, I don't. I can't remember the title of your... It was The Toxic War on Humanity and Mother Earth, Seeing the Light Within. So I was expecting a, a geoengineering yeah. presentation, but what, what, what I got was actually uh, uh, more powerful. And uh, you covered a lot of ground, obviously, and which is a, a good thing in an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, but you, you, got, you got covered a lot of ground, and also... Um, you gave us a little bit of a personal uh, account of your journey, you know, how you got here, mm-hmm. basically, why you're here. Yeah. And uh, I think that's really important, too. And, and I think through that first 10 minutes of your talk, uh, you really connected with the audience. And then from there, I think you took it then to another place. Okay. But uh, t- tell us about... Uh, a little bit about you know how you got here. You also organize other events, don't you? Yeah, I do organize the Open Mind Conference in uh, in Holland. Open Mind Conference NL next uh, week. Uh, next weekend is the third one in in one year. And uh, I every, every time I say this is the last one I do, <laughs> but uh, and this this time I say that again. And uh, I'm happy to hear that the talk was okay because for my feeling it was a lot of gaps that I. Uh, that I uh, had in the talk because there was a lot of things I missed and I I didn't speak about because the time is completely different and I'm not 
a, a practiced or a very experienced public speaker. So uh, I was happy to hear just what you said to Max that uh, it will improve. Or yeah, because I, I, each time I say this is the last time I do this as well, but. Uh, you know how it goes, so you're continuing. And, yeah, you, you you do get more comfortable. I I am um, I had not a natural stage fright uh, for a long time. Like I can't look uh, at, at the audience before, and now I'm I'm more comfortable. I can actually look at people. Before I used to get very uh, you know nervous and try to not see individuals and just see a crowd, um, but uh, now I'm more comfortable. In the last two years, mm-hmm. I would say, yeah. but before that, it was very difficult. Um, and and I think you're able to get a little more yourself across yeah. uh, when you're relaxed in your own skin, as it were. And then the information, I, I, I think, is more laser focused. Yeah. At that point, and it starts flowing more easily because what you say for me is, is, is some uh, old stuff in me which makes public speaking uh, difficult that's why I took it on uh, when uh, Ian asked me because it's, it's a big thing for me I, I'm not very frightened or fearful but public speaking is difficult so uh, there's a challenge there as well and, and you don't have any reason to be afraid of a crowd. I mean, I know. I, I, I just, mean, this is old stuff. Uh, you're, I just, but, uh, you're flying troops into split, you know, during the war. I mean, you, you've, you've seen a lot and done a lot. And right before 9-11, so you're working on protocols for commercial airliners and how to deal and what to do in the event of a terrorist attack. And then yeah. 9-11 happens. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right in the mix in terms of air safety and familiar with the uh, northeastern seaboard. Yeah and have flown and worked in in this area yeah and so what was going through your head and not and th- you just brought this up in your talk today we've never talked about any of this no but i heard you talk about this an hour ago or two hours ago and i'm thinking to myself wow you know so y- y- that's that was all part of your <laughs> that made you who you are or why you're here today yeah it, it, yeah. it sort of it, events steered you in a way didn't they yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, nine eleven was a shock, of course. First, first of all, you don't process ration in with ration, ration, ration. Yeah, uh, so yeah. you just are in shock in a way. You know, this is this is gonna change the world. That we had all this feeling. This is not something which is just go uh, go away. And um, but yeah, I was uh, at that period, the years around nine eleven. I was. Uh, Flying in the northeast sector uh, every month, uh, twice instructor and uh, very on the procedures and uh, aware of the procedures and uh, a training uh, pilot in training new pilots in a flight simulator, uh, practicing uh, emergency procedures, hijacking protocols, uh, everything. So when this happened, we quite soon were starting to think about it. This, this was completely impossible. Uh, so the. This fall fell quickly, uh, the conclusion. But this was in the same period that I had serious health problems, and these these were becoming really uh, very bad, actually. And and these are health problems that were related to what you were doing for work? Toxic air in the aircraft. Yeah. So that is the result of design faults in the engine, so the leaking of oil, fumes, which are coming in the air air conditioning system in the cabin. So you're breathing in these fumes which are toxic and certain persons like me they are less uh, able to detoxify from these toxins because I have certain mutations in my enzyme constitution constellation uh, like Asians they they are bad able of less able to detoxify from alcohol mm-hmm. because they have certain enzymes uh, mutations well I have these mutations for organophosphates neurotoxins 
that's why it's, it's building up and you get health problems. And the fact that you, you work so much in that environment exactly. as well. Exactly, because it's the same uh, than the, the company or they say, well, it's, it's, so, it's so less, these, these amounts, they, first they deny it and it's not true, blah, blah, and then you come with evidence and then say, well, it's, it's so uh, less that uh, this, this is not harmful. Yeah. Same with uh, every, all the toxins in the food, all the toxins which are in the food, it's not much, but if you eat it every day, and if you eat it for years, if you if you f- do one flight, it's not so bad. But if you fly for ten thousand hours, uh, you breathe every day. If you take every day day drip of arsenicum in your coffee, then it's build it's building up. So that's different. Um, and also, the, the story that was interesting as well was uh, after nine eleven, you have access to flight simulators at that time, and you and your colleagues jumped in the simulator and you tried to recreate some of the maneuvers of these so-called hijackers. And uh, how did you find that? Was that easy to do, or was that difficult? It was quite difficult, actually. We were flying. We were doing this with uh, with seven instructors, actually the simulator instructors and we uh, we 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 uh, used the flight data which was uh, according to the official channels provided with the uh, the uh, the flight data with the speeds airspeeds altitudes all kind uh, we Im- inputted in the simulator which is impossible technically to put it in a- anyways the speeds for instance the airspeeds are is technically impossible you cannot in- input it in the simulator because it doesn't handle it's out completely outside of the envelope let alone flying with these conditions. You cannot put it in the simulator because it's outside the envelope uh, uh, anyways, let alone, what I say, to, to use it f- for flying. So it, it is impossible. And, uh, I mean, the Pentagon maneuvers by itself. We, I'm now talking about the maneuvers of the Twin Towers. That's impossible as well. But the Pentagon maneuvers were incredible. I mean, well, incredible. The Pentagon is, is, is more impossible than the, tw- the Twin Tower uh, uh, maneuvers are, were also impossible. Yeah, it was like a, he did a slingshot sort of maneuver at a G, pulling G's that you yeah. can't pull in a in a Boeing uh, no. whatever seven two seven or whatever it was. Yeah, seven seven max G is uh, plus plus two minus one. Uh, that's the maximum fl- envelope for G, and this was like five G reported five G, and after that he f- he leveled off on the uh, under the under the under the moon and uh, or the, f- the grass and. Uh, Enter the Pentagon. So, what could pull a five G, like a drone or a cruise missile or something? Could yeah, that could that pull it or fighter? Yeah, maybe? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But not a not a commercial airliner. Commercial airliner. What I say is maximum two, maximum two uh, G. And then you, if you pull two G in, in a commercial airliner, you will not be able to fly just smoothly and uh, controlled uh, three sixty uh, turn of the two seventy turn into the uh, Pentagon building. I mean, the, F- the F-16s of, um, of the Israeli Air Force, that was a few years ago, they were maximum G7, 7G max, and that, that was already more than the usual uh, max envelope. So 5G with the commercial airline, that's uh, it's technically impossible. It's like, um, no, so, but the, the maneuvers at the Twin Towers were also impossible. That was, that was more interesting because the, the Pentagon was, for, was clear for pilots that this is... This is completely impossible, but the, the twin tower maneuvers were also uh, impossible to to uh, to to do it to try to do it in the simulator with the speeds and all the information flight data, which was which is an official uh, NIST report. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, but 
still there was less action coming from this this realization than expected i mean it's still out of the box with all these these things same as geoengineering the pilots where are all the pilots mm. They have their job. They have. Uh, you don't want to be a conspiracy theorist. But same with when, when I was blowing the whistle over toxic air. Then you see what's happening. These pilots know it. I, you see the health problems. You see a lot of pilots having severe health problems uh, on all levels, and they don't speak out. They have their job, their mortgage, especially when you're pilot. Blah blah blah. Retirement. Retirement as uh, well. Security status. Yeah. If, so yeah. If you blow the whistle, then prepared to lose your wife and your house yeah. and everything. Yeah. And, and your pension, yeah. yeah. And what you now see on the Obama administration with whistleblowers, uh, more whistleblowers are being prosecuted than uh, all presidents combined. So the examples are there. Kinder, gentler uh, yeah. presidency, we were told anyway. But um, we've we got a couple minutes left. I know we've got to go upstairs for yeah. a, a, group, a team photo. But uh, before we go, the one thing that I really – and I hope I can get you back on the show for a proper conversation in the future. Um, but the one thing that I really hit home for me about your presentation was you you basically laid it out. Yes, there's a lot of stuff around us. Yes, we're in the middle of an EMF ocean swamp, let's call it, a digital electro- electronic electromagnetic swamp. But you, we have all the tools Already, we don't need any crystals, or we really have, you know, our bodies alone. If we can activate and put our energy in the right place in our body, and be aware of what we're in and what's going on around, this is the first step. This is this is the basic, right, yeah, of yeah. what you need to do. Yeah. And so, rather than have the anxiety of, oh, I need to get this, I need that supplement, I need that. Oh, these are all good, mm-hmm. but the first thing you need is what you described. Yeah. It's just awareness. Yeah, exactly. We need to become aware of what we our potential, of what we can do. And the mind enlightenment, what we now see, is being used by artificial intelligence to keep us there as for the deception that we interpret this as the awakening. But the mind enlightenment is just as, can, has to be a catalyst for soul enlightenment in, in, on a heart level because we're still looking for solutions outside ourselves, in the politicians, in the uh, system. We're looking for this. This is the codependent mind, but we, 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 we just have to look in ourselves for the solution. The, the real answers are in ourselves, and that's uh, what we need to understand. And uh, so we have to disconnect more from the artificial intelligence on the, on the web. There is amazing information which can help you to waken up more, but we have to practice on a, on a soul level, heart level, by going out, switch off the computer, and go uh, to your neighbors and talk, connect, go to ho- speak with homeless people, connect with uh, people in prison. It's easy to do. You can just, if you're on holiday in Asia, go to prison, visit uh, people, connect and talk. This is an amazing energetic uh, momentum, and it creates more action and creativity because we're n- the novelty is our base, our essential quality. So we have to just make the step. So disconnect. Max talks about, about uh, smartphone madness. We have to leave this stuff and uh, use it for what's needed. But Pe- people always ask me, how come I don't have a smartphone? And I don't want a smartphone. If I sit down at a desk, that's my time to connect. And when I'm done there, I'm done. Basically, I don't want to be. I don't want it to have. I don't want to have it with me. Basically, I guess I'm from the previous era, the pre-digital era, old enough, you know, to know what what life was like before everything was connected. 
but um, it's definitely good advice yep. you're giving there. Yeah. And I hope also if listeners from Holland are, they go to your website. That's amazing news. I think I, that's the real news. That's objective and on the news from Middle East. That's uh, because your talk was so nice about this or good and important that we have a different view about the Middle East. That the, the, the spirit of the Middle East is so it's so deep and, 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 and pure and precious and important for humanity. And uh, your website ha- is ha- really helping for this. So 21st why uh, for Dutch viewers because the, the media in, in Holland is the same as everywhere. But you can find it on the web. We've yeah. got it. We've got some Dutch uh, readers, but we want more yeah. uh, because uh, the Dutch readers we have are great, and uh, they're very uh, engaged in great. the issues. But we want we want to do more in Holland because it's a great audience. Yeah, and also uh, a multilingual audience, a very world world looking audience. Great. So we something we want to do yeah. more of. Well, but maybe for next week of Open Mind Conference in Alsmeer because they're going to be. Some pretty uh, big audience, I think. Uh, a lot of people coming. We can uh, make that uh, also, you know, make. Uh, I've got I've got some uh, some show flyers. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna give Things to like you. that. Yeah. It's good. People can go there and see where they can go. And then no, definitely, yes. definitely. But uh, thank you very much, William, and thank you for all your work. Uh, you work you, you tirelessly on all these issues, and uh, a lot of people out there appreciate it. And uh, more work to come, I'm sure. And you. And, thank more, you. and more progress to be made as well. Yeah. But uh, thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap it up this week. Uh, slightly abbreviated episode, but not by much. So I'm here. Thank you, Mike Robinson, for writing Shotgun. And uh, you will be writing Shotgun with me next week as well uh, at the UK Column Studios uh, in Plymouth. Uh, William Felderhoff, thank you very much. And thank you. And Mac- Max Egan and... Uh, All the rest of them, Anthony Carlin, uh, Field McConnell, uh, Kai Bowman, Vanessa Beely. Is there anybody else? Did I leave anybody off? Zen? No, Zen didn't make it. Uh, Ian Crane, of course, thank you for organizing this great event. We'd love to have everybody on, but we can't. But uh, the people we've had on have been great. It's been great, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you'll be able to learn more about this event in a couple of weeks. Ian will have the uh, videos up on the Internet. And uh, we'll be talking more about it. I will try to post some photos when I get around to it. But uh, got to go for a team photo and have some dinner. But uh, thank you very much. Take care. This is your host, Patrick Henningsen, signing out. Mm-hmm.